you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In the grand chessboard of World War II, few stages were as unpredictable, unforgiving, and influential as the vast expanse of the Pacific Ocean. Its countless islands, archipelagos, and bays were battlegrounds where nations clashed in brutal, decisive conflicts that would shape the course of the global conflict. One such pivotal clash was the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, a lesser-known but consequential confrontation in the shadowy theater of war. Named after a German empress from an era before the world had been set aflame, Empress Augusta Bay in Bougainville, Solomon Islands, was destined to be anything but tranquil in the early hours of November 2, 1943. The strategic significance of the bay, flanked by dense jungles in the vast, unending expanse of the Pacific, was not lost on the two most formidable naval powers of the time, the United States and the Empire of Japan. As the sun set on November 1st, an air of anticipation hung heavy over the bay. Both sides, aware of the impending confrontation, waited in the eerie silence, their nerves on edge. What would unfold over the next few hours would not only determine the fate of the bay but also shift the tides in the broader Pacific War. The story of the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay is one that goes beyond the thunder of guns and the maneuvering of warships. It is a tale intertwined with global geopolitics, daring military strategies, the heroism of individual servicemen, and the relentless march of technological progress. It is a snapshot of a world at war and a poignant exploration of the human experiences within it. This story transports us back to those fateful hours when the fate of the world was shaped in the dark waters of a remote Pacific bay. Chapter 1. Setting the Stage In the vast Pacific theater of World War II, thousands of islands dotted the ocean like constellations in a clear night sky. Among these, the Bougainville Island, with its dense jungles and remote location, was a jewel that held strategic importance beyond its apparent tranquility. At the dawn of the conflict, few could anticipate how critical the control of this island would become to the monumental struggle unfolding between two superpowers, the United States and the Empire of Japan. Bougainville, a relatively unknown entity at the time, was the largest island in the Solomon Islands archipelago. Its rugged mountains veiled in a cloak of emerald green, its coastline kissed by the sapphire waves of the Pacific, the island had an unsuspecting role to play in the world's deadliest conflict. The strategic value of Bougainville lay not in its abundant natural resources, but rather its location. Imagine a chessboard. Each square is an island, some teeming with life, others desolate. Some squares, like Bougainville, may not be in the direct line of attack, but they provide a vantage point, a stepping stone, 
an opportunity to shift the game in one's favor. In the hands of the Japanese, the island was a formidable barrier that blocked the Allies' pathway to the Japanese mainland. Conversely, for the Allies, seizing control of Bougainville would offer a staging ground to launch further attacks into enemy territory. The island was, for both sides, a pawn that could significantly influence the game's trajectory. Amid the tranquil canopy of its rainforest and the deceptive calm of Empress Augusta Bay, Bougainville witnessed the arrival of its new inhabitants, who brought with them the harsh realities of war. Japanese forces under the command of General Hitoshi Imamura established their presence on the island in early 1942. Imamura, a stern, astute military tactician, understood the significance of the island he now commanded. With an uncanny ability to assess enemy strategies, he fortified Bougainville, making it a formidable obstacle for the Allies. As the tides of war swirled around this obscure island, its fate became increasingly intertwined with that of the two mightiest naval powers on the planet. A battle was brewing in the unfamiliar waters of Empress Augusta Bay, a clash that would shift the balance of power in the Pacific, forever marking Bougainville as a crucial waypoint in the annals of World War II. This tale is more than a narrative of war, it's about understanding the strategic dance of military powers, the maneuvering for advantage, and the ripples that a single island's control could send across the vast Pacific theater. Bougainville, an island unknown to many before the war, was about to take center stage in a decisive battle that would alter the course of history. In the shadow of the towering Mount Fuji, far from the tropical climes of the Pacific Islands, the Empire of Japan was embarking on a mission of territorial expansion. The land of the rising sun was stretching its rays across the Pacific, stirring the calm waters into a turbulent vortex of conflict. Behind this expansion was a cast of ambitious leaders, hardened warriors, and a population willing to make sacrifices for the greater glory of their nation. At the helm was General Hideki Tojo, a man of iron resolve and unwavering determination. With a demeanor as stern as the samurai of yore, Tojo steered Japan with a single-minded focus on strengthening the nation and expanding its reach. In his vision, the Pacific wasn't just a vast ocean but a canvas on which to paint the rising sun's emblem, marking the dawn of a new Japanese era. The Japanese military, with its proud samurai tradition, was the brush Tojo wielded. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen trained with a dedication that bordered on the fanatical. They pushed their physical and mental limits, their souls fired by the spirit of Bushido, the way of the warrior. Every victory, every island taken, was a testament to their resolve, bolstering the belief that their cause was just in their victory, inevitable. Beneath the rising sun, the map of the Pacific began to change. Pearl Harbor was just the start. Like an intricate game of Go, the Japanese forces rapidly occupied crucial points across the Pacific, from the oil-rich Dutch East Indies to the strategic bastions of Guam and Wake Island. With each conquest, Japan's circle of influence widened, bringing more resources and strategic locations under its control. The occupation of Bougainville by General Imamura's forces was another piece in this game. The island's capture fortified Japan's defensive perimeter, further cementing their position in the southwest Pacific. 
With every sunrise, the shadow of the rising sun stretched further across the Pacific, creating an intricate web of territories that presented a formidable challenge to the Allies. As the drumbeats of war echoed across the islands, Japan's expansion seemed unstoppable. However, beneath the surface of these swift victories, tensions were simmering. A clash was imminent, and its epicenter would be the quiet waters of Empress Augusta Bay. The stage was set for a battle that would test the mettle of the indomitable Japanese forces, one that would determine if the sun would continue to rise or begin to set over the vast Pacific. Imagine a peaceful Sunday morning in December, the air filled with the faint scent of the sea, mingled with the distant hum of an island waking up. Suddenly, the serenity shatters as the sky fills with enemy aircraft, and the tranquil Hawaiian harbor of Pearl becomes a scene of chaos and destruction. The echoes of this surprise attack on December 7, 1941, resonated across the Pacific, reaching the mainland of the United States and igniting a flame of resolve that would not be extinguished until the war's end. The driving force behind this unyielding spirit was President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a leader with a steady hand and an indomitable will. Beneath the weight of his responsibilities, Roosevelt made a pledge. The aggression unleashed at Pearl Harbor would not go unanswered. His words galvanized a nation, stirring the hearts of millions. For them, the war was no longer a distant conflict but a personal battle, a call to uphold the principles they held dear. As the days turned into months, this sense of resolve translated into action. Shipyards hummed around the clock, producing vessels destined to traverse the Pacific's vast expanse. Young men, fueled by patriotism and a desire for revenge, enlisted in droves, ready to face the might of the Japanese Empire. The United States, once considered a sleeping giant, was awakening, and its gaze was firmly fixed on the Pacific. Leading the charge in the Pacific was the charismatic Admiral William Bull Halsey. A seasoned sailor and determined commander, Halsey was as relentless as the ocean waves he navigated. To him, the expansion of the rising sun across the Pacific wasn't an insurmountable obstacle but a challenge to be met head-on. His eyes, just like his country's, were locked onto a strategic point in this vast theater, Bougainville. Pearl Harbor had indeed awakened a sleeping giant, one that was now mobilizing its full might towards retaliation. The United States was ready to turn the tide, to halt the Japanese advance, and seize the initiative. Yet, to do so, they needed to secure a foothold, a strategic location from where they could launch their counteroffensive. The tranquil island of Bougainville and its Empress Augusta Bay were about to be thrust into the spotlight as the echoes of Pearl Harbor drove the United States to a remote corner of the Pacific, shaping the course of a battle that was yet to be fought. Chapter 2, Prelude to Battle War is as much a game of minds as it is of might, and the gathering of intelligence is one of its key elements. Before the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, cryptic conversations fluttered through the airwaves, each transmission carrying secrets, plans, and strategies veiled behind layers of coded language. In a quiet corner of the Pacific War, a group of unsung heroes listened in, turning the tide of the upcoming battle before a single shot was fired. The men and women of the United States Navy's cryptographic unit, Station Hypo, 
were stationed in the bustling city of Pearl Harbor. Led by Lieutenant Commander Joseph Rockefort, a man known as much for his cryptic crossword puzzle skills as his ability to decode Japanese transmissions, the group operated in a world of codes, ciphers, and secrets. Rockefort, with his characteristic pipe and perpetual frown of concentration, was the heart of this operation. His keen mind, trained in the art of code-breaking, worked tirelessly, translating the stream of intercepted Japanese messages into actionable intelligence. In his hands, the cryptic radio waves buzzing with hidden meanings began to reveal their secrets. In the run-up to the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, Rockefort and his team made a breakthrough. They decoded a series of communications indicating a significant Japanese naval movement towards Bougainville. The intelligence hinted at a formidable fleet under the command of Vice Admiral Santaro Amori, setting course for the tranquil waters of Empress Augusta Bay. Armed with this valuable information, the U.S. command saw an opportunity to intercept and engage the Japanese fleet. This intelligence was a game-changer, allowing Admiral Halsey and his forces to plan their moves, much like a chess player who can anticipate his opponent's strategy. This vital piece of intelligence gathering proved to be instrumental in shaping the events that were to unfold at Empress Augusta Bay. The work of Rockefort and his team was a testament to the importance of intelligence in warfare. Their relentless pursuit of hidden messages, tirelessly decoding the intricate dance of coded transmissions, played an invaluable role in the Pacific theater. As the clock ticked closer to the imminent confrontation at Empress Augusta Bay, their work had already set the stage for a battle that would alter the course of the war in the Pacific. Battles may be fought by armies, but they are directed by the minds behind the scenes. Two such minds, distinguished by their distinctive leadership and tactical acumen, were at the heart of the imminent conflict in Empress Augusta Bay. Their decisions would direct the course of the battle and, by extension, the trajectory of the war in the Pacific. On the American side stood Admiral William Bull Halsey, a man whose fiery spirit was as untamed as the sea he navigated. Halsey was known for his daring tactics and aggressive approach, traits that were echoed in his famous statement, hit hard, hit fast, hit often. A Navy man through and through, his charisma was infectious, inspiring confidence in the men who served under him. Halsey's fiery spirit was matched by his tactical brilliance. His understanding of naval warfare was second to none, enabling him to turn the tide in even the most challenging circumstances. The intel from Rockefort's team had put him a step ahead of the Japanese, and now he was ready to make his move. The waters of Empress Augusta Bay were soon to feel the full force of Halsey's strategic prowess. On the other side of the battlefield was a figure of equal stature, Vice Admiral Santaro Amori of the Imperial Japanese Navy. Amori was a seasoned naval commander, with a keen strategic mind and an unwavering commitment to his nation's cause. His stoic demeanor masked a relentless determination, a trait that earned him respect from friend and foe alike. Amori's leadership style contrasted sharply with Halsey's. Where Halsey was a tempest, Amori was the calm before the storm. His strategies were methodical, focusing on patiently outmaneuvering the enemy and exploiting any weakness. 
Empress Augusta Bay was set to become a grand chessboard where Mori's tactical patience would clash with Halsey's audacious aggression. As the day of the battle neared, these two formidable commanders prepared to face off. Their contrasting styles and strategic acumen would play a crucial role in shaping the outcome of the battle. The tranquil waters of Empress Augusta Bay, under the watchful eyes of Halsey and Amori, were set to become an arena where a key chapter of the Pacific War would be written. In the prelude to the battle, the vast canvas of the Pacific became a stage for preparation and anticipation. The American and Japanese forces were set to converge on the tranquil waters of Empress Augusta Bay. Each side moved with a blend of resolve, desperation, and a keen sense of the stakes at hand. Halsey, armed with this crucial piece of decoded intelligence, began to mobilize his forces. Task Force 38, a formidable ensemble of destroyers, cruisers, and aircraft carriers, became his fist ready to deliver a decisive blow. Aircraft were meticulously checked and loaded with ammunition, sailors briefed on their tasks, and ships charted courses for the remote corner of the Pacific. The air buzzed with a potent mix of tension and excitement as Halsey's men readied themselves to confront the Japanese fleet head-on. Across the ocean, Amori was rallying his forces, his demeanor calm but eyes reflecting an intense focus. He was unaware of the decoded messages that had tipped his adversary off but was far from complacent. His fleet, a collection of battleships and destroyers known as the IJN Rabaul, was an intimidating force. Like a seasoned shogi player meticulously positioning his pieces, Amori prepared his fleet, each vessel becoming a part of a larger strategic formation, primed to defend the Japanese-held Bougainville. Yet, amidst the preparations, a sense of desperation hung in the air. For the Japanese, the threat of an American offensive loomed large, carrying the potential to break their stronghold in the Southwest Pacific. On the other hand, the Americans were desperate to turn the tide, to halt the seemingly unstoppable Japanese expansion. Empress Augusta Bay was about to become the epicenter of this clash of ambitions and anxieties. As the storm of battle gathered on the horizon, both sides moved in a dance of war, each commander plotting his moves in a deadly game of strategy and survival. The silence of the tranquil bay was about to be shattered, replaced by the deafening roar of engines and the thunderous echo of cannons. The Battle of Empress Augusta Bay was on the brink, a storm about to break over the Pacific. Chapter 3 The Battle Begins As the dusk of November 1, 1943, gave way to the darkness of night, the vast expanse of the Pacific hid two fleets drawing closer in a deadly waltz. The tranquil setting of Empress Augusta Bay held its breath, awaiting the tempest that was about to descend upon it. The battle was about to commence, under the cover of darkness, a spectacle of fire and fury that would light up the night. Commanding the American Task Force 38 was Rear Admiral Aaron Stanton Merrill, a man handpicked by Halsey for his experience and daring. Under his command were four light cruisers and eight destroyers, a force ready to throw the first punch in this high-stakes contest. As darkness enveloped his ships, Merrill, the silhouette of his peaked cap recognizable even in the dim cabin light, issued the order to proceed with caution. He knew the cover of darkness could be both a shield and a curtain that had dangers untold.
Across the waters, Vice Admiral Amori maneuvered his fleet with the precision of a maestro conducting an orchestra. His forces, comprising two heavy cruisers and six destroyers, were arranged in a line, advancing cautiously under the blackened sky. Like Merrill, Amori too appreciated the dual nature of the night. While it concealed his fleet's approach, it also masked the whereabouts of the Americans. The first hours of the battle were a game of shadows and echoes, as both sides sought to locate each other in the darkness. The radar operators worked fervently, their eyes glued to the screens, each blip and echo a possible sign of the enemy. On both sides, tension clung to the air like humidity, the silence occasionally punctuated by terse orders and the hum of the ship engines. Just past midnight, the tension broke. A blip on the American radar, steadier and larger than before, betrayed the presence of the Japanese fleet. The moment of engagement was at hand. As the word spread across Task Force 38, the silence of anticipation gave way to a flurry of activity. Guns were loaded, courses corrected, and battle stations manned. Merrill, his gaze fixed on the black horizon, prepared to lead his fleet into action. In this theater of war, under the star-studded Pacific sky, the first salvos of the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay were about to be fired. The cover of darkness, so far a silent spectator, was about to be ripped apart by the flash of gunfire and the roar of explosions. As the veil of night was pierced by the first volleys of gunfire, the calm waters of Empress Augusta Bay transformed into a chaotic battleground. The initial engagement had sparked a melee, a tangled dance of vessels veering, pursuing, and clashing under the cloak of darkness. The engagement of the two forces, each led by strategic masterminds, was to be defined by both tactical maneuvering and unexpected mistakes. In the American ranks, Admiral Merrill pressed on with his offensive strategy, leading his fleet in a series of aggressive moves. His ships darted through the darkness like steel sharks, their rapid movements disorienting the Japanese line. A symphony of booming cannons, shrill whistles, and terse orders filled the air, signaling a relentless American onslaught. Despite the intensity of the American attacks, the Japanese forces, under Amori's stoic leadership, were not easily rattled. In response to the American maneuvers, Amori ordered his fleet into a counterattack formation, his vessels fanning out to encircle their opponents. The Japanese ships moved with a practiced precision, each maneuver a testimony to Amori's tactical brilliance. Yet, the dark canvas of the Pacific night also held its share of confusion and surprises. In the throes of battle, mistakes were made on both sides. The darkness, once a protective cloak, was now a veil of uncertainty. Friendly vessels were mistaken for enemies and, in the chaos, orders were misunderstood. The darkness seemed to conspire against both fleets, turning friends into phantom enemies and blurring the lines between attack and defense. Perhaps the most notable blunder came from the Japanese side. In the confusion of the melee, one of their heavy cruisers, the Mayoko launched a spread of torpedoes at what was believed to be an enemy vessel. In a cruel twist of fate, the enemy turned out to be another Japanese ship, the cruiser Haguro. The friendly fire caused substantial damage and disrupted the Japanese formation, 
giving the Americans a temporary advantage. As the battle raged on, the scene at Empress Augusta Bay became a swirling tapestry of maneuvers and mistakes. Even as the guns roared and the shells burst in fiery displays, the tactical prowess of Merrill and Amori was put to a severe test, one that would demand not just courage but also adaptability in the face of the unexpected chaos of war. While the grand strategies of admirals shaped the battle of Empress Augusta Bay, it was the experiences of the individual sailors, gunners, and officers that lent a human perspective to the chaos of war. Their accounts, etched in the annals of history, painted a vivid, often harrowing picture of the battle, providing a ground-level view of the conflict beyond the maneuverings of fleets and admirals. On board the USS Foote, one of the destroyers in Merrill's task force, Gunner's mate First Class James Callahan experienced the relentless intensity of the fight. With the flash of cannon fire illuminating his face, Callahan manned his post with a calm determination, loading and firing with a rhythm honed by countless hours of practice. Even amidst the chaos, he couldn't help but marvel at the surreal beauty of the gun flashes that pierced the night, creating a macabre light show on the dark canvas of the Pacific. On the other side, Aboard the Japanese cruiser Mayoko, Lieutenant Hideo Ogawa had a different tale to tell. He was on the deck when a torpedo launched an error struck the Haguro. The shockwave from the explosion rocked the Mayoko, throwing Ogawa off balance. As he scrambled to his feet, his gaze fell upon the wounded Haguro, its silhouette outlined by flames. The sight, both shocking and surreal, underscored the chaotic nature of war. Back on the American side, aboard the cruiser USS Montpelier, radio man third class Richard Bowen found himself in the nerve center of the battle. His hands danced across the radar screen, tracing the echo blips representing enemy ships. Despite the tension, Bowen couldn't shake off a sense of detached surrealism. Here he was, in the heart of a raging battle, yet his world was reduced to patterns of lights and sounds, each blip a potential life or death situation. From the booming cannons of the foot, to the chaos on the Mayoko, to the tense radar room of the Montpelier, these personal accounts provided a vivid portrayal of the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay. The experiences of these men, along with countless others, formed the threads that wove together the fabric of this pivotal battle. Amidst the fog of war, their courage, fear, and resilience etched a human narrative into the larger tale of strategic maneuvers and battlefield blunders. Chapter 4 Turning the Tide As dawn broke over Empress Augusta Bay, the chaos of the night gave way to a moment of decisive action. The faint tendrils of sunlight slowly unveiled the ravages of the battle smoldering vessels, strewn debris, and the unnerving calm after the storm. Yet, within this calm, a critical development was about to unfold, a moment that would tilt the balance of the battle. On board the USS Montpelier, Admiral Merrill, his face etched with the fatigue and tension of the night-long battle, received a critical piece of intelligence. His radar operators had located the Japanese cruisers retreating to the north, their formation broken and momentum stunted. Sensing an opportunity, Merrill ordered a pursuit, his gaze hardened with resolve. Across the water, Admiral Amori was dealing with the consequences of the night's setbacks. 
the damage to Aguro from friendly fire had disrupted his formation and weakened his offensive power. As he looked at the sunrise, a symbol of hope in Japanese culture, he faced a harsh reality. Despite his initial reluctance to concede the battle, he knew the risks of further engagement were too great. With the break of dawn, the seascape transformed into a grand chessboard. Merrill's ships darted towards the Japanese fleet, closing the distance. The roar of the engines echoed across the waters, a clear challenge to the retreating enemy. Merrill, determined not to let the battered enemy escape, pushed his forces with an urgency fueled by the promise of victory. As the American ships advanced, a pivotal engagement occurred. Amori, in a final attempt to deter the pursuing enemy, ordered a counterattack. The air was filled with the piercing shriek of shells and the thunderous impact of artillery fire. However, the relentless American pursuit combined with their superior firepower soon overwhelmed the Japanese defense. With the sun climbing higher into the morning sky, illuminating the smoke-filled horizon, the decisive moment of the battle had arrived. The remaining Japanese vessels, battered and broken, retreated under the barrage of American fire, leaving behind a sea scarred by the night's brutal contest. In the light of this new day, the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay reached its turning point. The relentless pursuit at sunrise had tipped the scales in favor of the Americans, a testament to their resilience and strategic prowess. As the smoke cleared over the bay, the victory was not just of a single battle, but a significant stride towards turning the tide of war in the Pacific. The retreating Japanese fleet, once a formidable force, was now a mere shadow of its former self, fleeing the victorious American onslaught. Amori Sentai, the pride of the Imperial Japanese Navy, had faced a severe setback. The fall of the Sentai, as it would come to be known, was not just a physical loss of vessels but also a significant blow to Japanese morale. Amori, aboard the Haguro, could only watch as the once formidable force crumbled before his eyes. His vision, clouded by smoke and regret, fixated on the sinking silhouette of the destroyer Hatsukes. The ship, once an embodiment of Japanese naval might, was now a casualty of war, devoured by the unforgiving Pacific. He could barely hear the desperate cries of his men above the echo of the explosions and the ominous creaking of his damaged ship. The American artillery had done more than just physical damage. It had torn through the veneer of invincibility that once cloaked the Japanese fleet. The Imperial Navy, which had started the Pacific War with the shocking attack on Pearl Harbor, was now retreating from a battle it had hoped to win. The losses were not just on the front line. Back in Tokyo, Admiral Somu Toyoda, chief of the Naval General Staff, received the news with a sinking heart. The defeat at Empress Augusta Bay was more than a tactical setback. It was a stark realization of the growing American dominance in the Pacific, a bitter pill to swallow for the once confident admiral. As the sun traced its arc across the sky, the remnants of the Sentai retreated under its harsh glare. The sea, once a theater of chaos and destruction, fell silent, save for the mournful calling of the seagulls. The cost of the battle was clear battered ships, wounded men, and a fractured morale. But beyond the physical losses, the fall of the Sentai marked a significant turning point in the Pacific theater, 
a sobering wake-up call for the Japanese and a morale boost for the advancing Americans. As the dust settled on the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, a profound sense of relief washed over Admiral Merrill. He had faced an enemy that was well-equipped and well-prepared, in a theater they dominated. Yet, against these odds, the Americans had emerged victorious. Merrill looked over the horizon, taking in the sight of the retreating enemy fleet, the rising sun casting long shadows over the debris-strewn waters. His heart swelled with pride, but also ached for the men lost in the brutal contest. Back in Washington, news of the victory brought much-needed optimism. The Navy Department, which had closely monitored the operation, breathed a collective sigh of relief. President Franklin D. Roosevelt, upon hearing the news, recognized it as a significant stride towards victory in the Pacific. The victory was a testament to American resilience, a beacon of hope that illuminated the path to the eventual end of the war. On the other side of the world, the mood in Tokyo was one of quiet disbelief. The defeat at Empress Augusta Bay shattered the illusion of Japanese invincibility. The loss of their naval force was a severe blow, but more concerning was the tactical and strategic edge they had lost. Admiral Toyota, facing the grim reality of defeat, realized that the balance of power in the Pacific was tilting against them. The Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, for the Japanese, had been a severe wake-up call. In the immediate aftermath of the battle, the Americans fortified their hold on Bougainville Island. The victory at Empress Augusta Bay allowed them to establish a robust airfield, providing a launchpad for further offensive operations in the Pacific. For the Japanese, the loss meant a retreat and a re-evaluation of their strategies. Their hope of recapturing Guadalcanal, once bright, now seemed a distant dream. Thus, in the vast expanse of the Pacific, amidst the wreckage of war, emerged a new narrative. A narrative that charted the course from defeat to victory, shaping the future of the war. The Battle of Empress Augusta Bay was more than just a clash of naval forces, it was a turning point that shifted the tides of the Pacific War. Chapter 5 Impact on the Pacific War the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay marked a pivotal moment in the Pacific War, a ripple in the waters that would soon become a tide of change. The victory resonated far beyond the boundaries of the small bay, signaling a shift in momentum that had implications on a global scale. For the United States, the victory marked a turning point in their Pacific campaign. In Washington, strategists poured over maps, bolstered by the confidence that they could now take the fight to the Japanese. The triumph was more than a military success, it was a psychological win. After the sting of Pearl Harbor, American forces had clawed their way back against a formidable adversary, proving they were a force to be reckoned with. This morale boost echoed through the ranks, rekindling the fighting spirit of the American forces. On the other side of the world, the repercussions were equally profound, but far grimmer. For the Japanese high command, the defeat was a stark wake-up call. Their once-vaunted navy, which had roamed the Pacific with an aura of invincibility, had been dealt a harsh blow. This led to a palpable shift in Japanese strategy. The focus moved from expansion to defense, as Japan began to prepare for the inevitable American onslaught. 
The aftermath of the battle was a sobering reminder of the fickle nature of war and the importance of adaptation and resilience. The victory at Empress Augusta Bay was a microcosm of the broader geopolitical shift that was taking place. It was a prelude to the island-hopping campaign that would characterize the later stages of the Pacific War, leading to critical victories for the Allies at Saipan, Guam, and eventually, Iwo Jima. This strategic victory laid the groundwork for future campaigns, charting the course that would ultimately lead the Allies to the doorstep of Japan. The battle was a reminder of the brutal reality of war, but it also highlighted the human capacity for resilience, strategy, and courage. The shift in momentum was not just a military phenomenon, but also a testament to the power of determination and resolve in the face of adversity. As the sun set on Empress Augusta Bay, it was rising on a new chapter of the Pacific War. As the echo of gunfire receded, the importance of Bougainville in the grand scheme of the Pacific theater came into sharp focus. The strategic significance of this distant island was not its size or its resources but its location. The successful defense of Bougainville proved to be a stepping stone towards the future victories in the Pacific, setting the stage for the innovative strategy known as island hopping. With the American flag hoisted on Bougainville, the island turned from a battlefield to a fortress. Admiral Chester Nimitz, the commander-in-chief of the Pacific Ocean Areas, recognized the potential of Bougainville as a critical base for further incursions into Japanese-held territories. From his command post in Pearl Harbor, Nimitz plotted the future course of the war with an astute eye on the geographical jigsaw of the Pacific. Island hopping, the strategy of selectively attacking enemy-held islands and bypassing others, was a bold and innovative approach that sought to cut off Japanese supply chains and isolate their forces. Bougainville, with its newly established airfield, offered a launchpad for this ambitious campaign. The island became a hub of activity as Allied forces marshaled their strength for the subsequent offensives. The strategy paid dividends as the Allies advanced across the Pacific, leapfrogging from one island to another. From the Marshalls to the Marianas, and from Paliliu to the Philippines, each victory brought the Allies closer to the Japanese home islands. Behind these victories, the influence of Bougainville, the first stepping stone in this pivotal strategy, was undeniable. Bougainville was not just a remote island in the Pacific but a symbol of strategic foresight. Its successful defense demonstrated the importance of location in warfare and marked the commencement of a strategy that would turn the tide of war. As the Allied forces jumped from one island to another, they carried with them the spirit of victory from Empress Augusta Bay, a victory that paved the way to the heart of the Pacific. The effects of the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay extended beyond the immediate victory and had far-reaching impacts on naval warfare throughout the remainder of World War II. The tactical lessons learned and the strategic decisions made in the heat of the battle rippled through the corridors of power, influencing subsequent naval engagements in the Pacific. One of the most consequential outcomes of the battle was the United States Navy's validation of the nighttime fighting doctrine. Under the determined leadership of Admiral Merrill, American forces showcased the potential of radar-guided naval gunfire in night battles. The success of the U.S. fleet in employing this technology marked a shift in naval tactics, 
giving the Allied forces a much-needed edge over their Japanese counterparts in later conflicts. In the aftermath of the battle, naval commanders across the Pacific re-evaluated their strategies. Admiral Chester Nimitz, drawing lessons from the battle, fine-tuned the American naval doctrine, focusing more on combined arms coordination and radar-guided night warfare. Meanwhile, the Japanese Admiralty, grappling with the harsh reality of defeat, were forced to reassess their tactics and equipment, particularly their lack of effective night fighting capabilities. The effects of the battle also spilled over to the design and production of naval vessels. Recognizing the critical role played by the lighter, more maneuverable destroyers during the battle, both sides focused on expanding their fleets with similar high-speed vessels. This shift in naval architecture was a direct result of the hard-fought battle in Empress Augusta Bay. The Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, therefore, played a significant role in shaping the conduct of naval warfare during the remainder of World War II. Its influence spread far beyond the blue waters of the Pacific, rewriting the rules of naval engagements and leaving an indelible mark on the annals of military history. The ripples of the battle, though originating in a small bay, eventually washed up on the shores of Tokyo Bay with the end of the war. Chapter 6 The Battle's Legacy As the dust of World War II finally settled, veterans and strategists alike turned their gaze towards the battles that had defined the course of the war. Among these, the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay stood as a poignant lesson in strategy, bravery, and the high cost of warfare. In the United States, the battle was lauded as a symbol of American tenacity and strategic brilliance. Admiral William F. Halsey, reflecting on the victory, noted the impeccable coordination and the bravery of his men. He was particularly proud of their effective use of radar-guided naval gunfire, a tactic that would reshape the American naval doctrine. However, he also harbored a sense of regret for the loss of life and emphasized the need for continued innovation to reduce the human cost of conflict. Admiral Arleigh Burke, known as 31 Not Burke, also reflected on the battle with a mixture of pride and caution. He noted how the experience had informed his advocacy for the development of faster, more maneuverable warships, which played a significant role in the late stages of the Pacific War. In Japan, the retrospective assessment of the battle was markedly different. The defeat served as a stark reminder of their failure to capitalize on early war advantages and adapt to changing warfare tactics. Admiral Santaro Amori, who had led the Japanese forces, expressed deep regret in his post-war reflections. The outcome of the battle haunted him, and he often wondered how different decisions might have changed the course of the battle, and perhaps, the war. Among the common soldiers and sailors, the battle was remembered with a sense of somber reverence. Veterans on both sides shared stories of the intense combat, the chaos of the nighttime engagement, and the friends they had lost. They spoke not of grand strategy or naval doctrine, but of courage, camaraderie, and sacrifice. Decades after the guns had fallen silent, the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay continued to echo in the annals of naval history. It was a battle that had shown the best and worst of naval warfare, a stark reminder of the price of victory and the heavy burden of defeat. In the years following World War II, 
the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay became an important symbol for both America and Japan, remembered not only for its strategic importance but also for the human sacrifice it represented. In the United States, various efforts were made to commemorate the bravery and resilience of the men who had fought so tenaciously in the battle. A prominent example is the Empress Augusta Bay Memorial, located in the heart of San Francisco. This poignant structure, a towering obelisk of steel and glass, etched with the names of the fallen, serves as a stark reminder of the cost of victory. Every year, on the anniversary of the battle, veterans and families gather here to pay their respects and share stories of heroism and sacrifice. The USS Denver, a light cruiser that played a significant role in the battle, is another significant monument to this event. After its decommissioning, it was converted into a floating museum. Its decks and corridors echo with the stories of the men who served aboard, providing a tangible link to the past for visitors. In Japan, memories of the battle are more somber, but no less important. The battle is commemorated in the Yoshikin Museum, located within the precincts of the Yasukuni Shrine in Tokyo. An entire exhibit is dedicated to the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, displaying artifacts and personal items from sailors who fought and lost their lives in the battle. The exhibit serves as a place of reflection, encouraging visitors to consider the impacts of war. In Bougainville, where the battle took place, the remnants of the conflict are still visible. Sunken ships and rusting artillery pieces bear silent witness to the fierce battle that took place. The locals have a deep respect for these sites and often share stories passed down from their ancestors about the terrifying night when the sea and sky erupted with fire. The commemoration of the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay, in monuments, museums, and stories, keeps the memory of this pivotal battle alive. It serves as a reminder of the bravery of the men who fought, the strategic shifts that it prompted, and the human cost of war. As with many significant battles in history, the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay has left a lasting imprint on modern warfare, influencing not just military strategy but also technological advancement and the conduct of naval warfare. From a strategic perspective, the battle highlighted the importance of intelligence, planning, and adaptability. The United States' success was in part due to the ability of their commanders to use the intelligence they had gathered, plan their attacks effectively, and adapt their tactics in response to the evolving situation. These lessons have remained central to modern military strategy. In terms of technology, the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay underscored the game-changing role of radar in naval warfare. The ability of the U.S. fleet to detect and engage Japanese vessels in the cover of darkness through the use of radar was a crucial factor in their victory. This battle helped spur further research and development in radar and other electronic warfare technologies, paving the way for the advanced systems we see in today's navies. The use of aircraft carriers for launching airstrikes against enemy ships was another tactical innovation from this battle that has had a profound influence on modern naval warfare. Today, aircraft carriers are seen as the backbone of any formidable naval fleet, a testament to the strategic shift initiated by battles like Empress Augusta Bay. Moreover, the battle influenced the development of international maritime law and the rules of engagement in naval conflicts. 
the treatment of prisoners, the protection of medical ships, and the prohibition of unrestricted submarine warfare were all issues that came into sharper focus following the experiences of World War II, including the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay. In sum, the echoes of the Battle of Empress Augusta Bay are still clearly audible in the strategies, technologies, and laws that shape modern warfare. It serves as a stark reminder of how the experiences of the past continue to shape our present and future, a testament to the enduring impact of history on our world.